Welcome to the Lovability Podcast. My name is Jennifer Stiers, and I'm here to talk love, relationships, sex, marriage, and everything in between. And I am sitting here today Yay. with, yeah, <laughs> well, you know that boy, Psychic Brad. So, What's up, Lovability? Yeah, so we uh, we just wanted to, uh, we started talking about this subject uh, with each other and thought this might be a fun little podcast to talk about uh, people with broken pickers. So that's your term. I love that term, a bad yeah. picker. No, we're not talking about your fingers. So <laughs> well, we're not going to talk about the shape my fingernails are in after moving. I've this got bad. I've got bad fingers right now. They're going to be fixed today. But uh, <laughs> in just case anybody needed to know, since you can't see bad my horrible fingers. nails, bad fingernails. Uh, but. Uh, you can't get your fingernails done before a move because it just ruins everything. So sure, um, you yeah, say. sure, whatever. Yeah, you wouldn't know. No. Uh, but so we started talking about the picker thing that people just have bad pickers and people people do have bad pickers and I mean I think everybody is guilty of that. No matter how, even if you're healthy, even if you're a healthy person and have done a lot of work, you have to be able to be willing to look at what you're attracting to you because so often. We do hear people, at least I hear people say, uh, I'm sick of all these crazy women or I keep attracting yep. these, you know, are there any good women or good men out there? You see it on your page all yeah, the time. Yeah, all the time. And everybody pointing, as I call it, the almighty finger at somebody else when really at the end of the day, they need to be, they need to be looking at themselves because we, number one, somebody taught me this many years ago when it comes to physics, that, and this is the saying, that which you are attracting is also attracting you. What you're reflecting. Right. So it's the, mm -hmm. it's a law of physics. What you're putting out there, you're getting back. So there is an element if you're attracting the wrong person, whether it be unavailable people, broken people, right. which are unavailable. Also, a, a lot fits under the unavailable umbrella. Yes, and um, broken. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Abusive, uh, narcissistic. You know, there are characteristics in you that are drawing them in. So where we really need to be looking if we can't find love and we keep attracting the wrong people and keep choosing the wrong people is we need to be looking at ourselves. Well, I think too, I think it, um, you know, when you really talk about choosing or picking a type, if you will, this is sort of what we were talking about was, is that when you do that, you're choosing to, as the guy, right, I'm pursuing that, which I feel like I want, right? And sometimes ladies do too, but so as a when you have a bad picker, what you and I were talking about, what you've what you've taught a lot of is that you're going after that. You're pursuing that. And in your mind, you're thinking, no, no, this this one's gonna work. <laughs> right? This is this is the one. This one's the one that's gonna be different. But you keep seeing that same pattern um and the results because you're choosing to pick that type of person. And I think it goes beyond what you've talked about before, which is um, where you talk about go out with somebody that's not your type. It's beyond that, right? Yes. Because it's a true pattern for, in your choice of choosing to continue to pursue. But a those lot of it, yeah, but types. a lot of it is subconscious. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You're thinking in your mind, you're like, oh, no, this is it. This, yeah. this is the one. Yeah. We're attracted to, well, what they always say, women marry their their fathers and men marry their mothers, right? 
So I know eyes got big, Uh, but if you, when you haven't done the work and even when you have, there are still like, for example, I always use this with women. Like if you had a absent father, you're going to attract absent men. It's that drive to find the things that you were missing. And, and here's the question everybody could answer if they're just sitting, listening to the podcast ask yourself this question. What did I need from my mom? What did I need from my dad growing up? What are the things I didn't get that I wanted more of, whether it was time, energy, love, affection, uh, emotion, what were the things you sought more of from your opposite, uh, sex parent? Um, in, or either both actually do both parents cause they both play different dynamics and relationships, but normally women seek out their fathers and, Let's talk about the dysfunctional part of that. So when their father was absent, abusive, neglectful, you know, any of the above, unavailable, that's the pattern that women choose. They go looking for, like if they wanted his attention and affection, they're off seeking somebody. Now, granted, here's where it gets tricky they'll, they'll try to find somebody that's, they'll find somebody that's like their father that has the same personality characteristics like their father. And he'll, they'll end up um, not supplying them with the same thing their dad didn't. So they'll be just like him personality wise. Still empty. Yeah. And they still can't get their attention. They still, they're still unavailable in whatever way you attract the same dysfunction if you haven't healed from it. So you said something that I thought was pretty profound. I want you to unpack it a little bit. Unpack you, it. You I s- don't want to unpack no, anything yes, else that's true. after my move. You've got a lot to unpack already <laughs> in the move, but oh. um, you said to think about what you were lacking. Let's say you, you, you started off with the female and her dad, what they were right. lacking and that they pursue that same type of relationship. Why? How do you fix that pattern? And how do you go? I don't want to pursue what was lacking. I want to pursue what I needed, what I needed and what fulfills what I wanted. me. So why do we do that? First question is, why do we do that? Because why do it's we comfortable? Pers- okay. Yeah. And then how do you fix it? Okay. So that's a great question. So why do we do that? Because it's what we know. If we spend our entire childhood, our developmental years, uh, seeking, um, attention, uh, w- looking for approval or validation. Uh, if we've spent it, um, being codependent, trying to fix like people that come from alcoholic families mm-hmm. and they were constantly having to fix things and be responsible and over nurture, over love, overdo it. Avoiders also come from alcoholic families. Yep. They don't look at things. They avoid things. It's just behaviors. So we end up with the same behaviors and even though we don't want to maybe be fixers or we don't want uh, to have to seek attention, we don't want to have to seek approval because those are the things that are, there's, there's our greatest wounds, right? We didn't get that growing up. Yeah. So why make we don't the effort? want that. Yeah. But what happens is if we haven't healed, that will keep showing up. You'll keep it. And why? Because it's what we know. We know how to, how to, look for how to be in that behavior where we're trying to seek approval. We know how to, um, we, we may know how to, uh, be 
codependent. We may know how to over nurture, over love, make excuses for people. Well, in we today's world, that. that's the helicopter parent, right? Yeah. That's what everybody talks about. They fix everything for their kids and they don't want their kids to struggle or fail. And it's like, you don't learn anything if they don't. A they little don't, different. You know? And that's an interesting concept though, but it's, it's different because with an alcoholic um, or unavailable parent, mostly with alcoholic though, uh, children become number one avoiders because they learn to not see things like I didn't see that. I didn't hear that because they don't want to see the pain yeah. that that, that yeah, yeah. person's causing in everybody's yeah, life. Sense. So they become avoiders and that avoidant behavior pulls over into relationships. So they get in relationships and then there's a problem and they're like, Oh, that's uncomfortable for me. Conflict is uncomfortable. So yeah. I'm just going to sweep it under the rug and pretend like that didn't that happen. That makes a lot of sense though. Yeah. And those same patterns happen when people get in their adult relationships. So that's where you tend to see people that, you know, instead of dealing with issues, they'll sweep them under the rug. Why? It goes back to your childhood because it's a learned behavior. Yeah. It may not be what you want, but it's learned. So how do you fix it? You have to, well, first of all, I mean, I know we always, you always it. talk about man, man in the mirror, check yeah. the mirror, but like, really, what is the, when you get down to the really core elements that, that if you feel like, you know, listen to this podcast that you're speaking to them, what are some of the things that they really need to sit back and do Well, to really evaluate all this And I, I do want to get to some other behavior patterns with men and their mothers and, and their girlfriends and wives, because I think i neglected some men situations that could be really important yeah, yeah, for here. sure but it's your the podcast. Only way, we'll do anything you want the, you're so funny but the <laughs> i just want to make sure we cover that because i think that the issues are different for men and women and you'll you're mm, all 100 yeah but, My Lord, uh, are they different. but the only way to fix it is number one identify the problem okay this is a problem i keep finding unavailable men i've identified that my dad was unavailable it's what what i'm seeking um, I, it's uncomfortable for me. I don't want that anymore. I don't want to seek that approval. So the first step would truly be healing from the parental, um, yeah, get that fixed first, the parental. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, so you've got to be so able to. So does that to, mean involving mom and dad and having discussions or is know, Brad, it, are we getting is, into too much therapy laying on where, the couch? Yeah. This is where I differ from the traditional therapy role because, I feel like if you're putting your focus and energy back on your problem, the problem's going to open back up and the wound's going to yep. open back up. And there's no need to open up a wound that's already open, right? No. And just like pour salt in it. But what you do need to do is be able to identify it. And at this point, as an adult, when you're a kid, you don't necessarily have the, well, you don't have the tools. Yeah, you don't know. To, yeah. to understand something. But as an adult, you can say, well, my dad was unavailable because he was busy. My dad traveled. He, he was responsible for a family. He was providing for his family. It's not that he wanted to be unavailable and, and, you know, and that he didn't want to be there for me. He sure. loved me, but he just wasn't there enough. He was showing enough. in a different way, perhaps. Yeah. His, but what I, mind. but what I wanted is I wanted more of him because I, I craved that leadership. I craved right. his strength. I craved these things in my yep. life. It's huge for a little girl. Yeah. So these are the things that I'm looking for in a man, right? These are the things that I'm looking for in a man. And my dad has these qualities. I forgive him for, you know, I'm not, I, I forgive him. He wasn't available, not because he didn't love me. He loved me. He loved me so much. He wasn't available because he was right. trying to provide He's for me. trying to provide for you. So it's just, you know, whatever that looks like, that whole rationalization point standpoint. And it's different because that particular wound, which by the way, happened to be mine. 
I mean, I, just to be able to share it because yeah, I mean, my dad it, did travel a lot and we had five kids in my family. I can't imagine the enormous pressure on my dad. Sure. Um, but, um, but I loved when my dad came home because my dad was like this great. He was dad. He was dad. He we was played dad. ball. You know, I got sure. to hang out with my brothers and have fun. And my dad gave me guidance, which he still does, which drives me crazy today. <laughs> but, um, you know, he would give me guidance. He'd tell me, you know, where to go in life and philosophize with me. And he'd always sit us down and lecture us. But I craved that. And I loved that. Sure. And and I do still love that in a man. Like that is something I, yeah, I've realized as an adult. And the reason I'm sharing this is because I want people to realize where the connection is and the correlation and even something healthy like that, because it wasn't, my dad wasn't, wasn't not available to me, um, when I wanted him and needed him all the time because he was traveling right. for work, you know, four days a week, Monday through Thursday. Um, he came, went to all our games, was coaching our teams. Like it wasn't a neglectful situation, sure. but at the same time, you can, I could still say for me that I wanted that, I wanted that presence. You wanted more. And so my love language yeah. is quality time. Sure. So you, so you start putting yep. all these pieces together. I just want people to try to like through my uh, example to be able to maybe put their pieces together. Sure. And it's not that something's wrong, that something was, doesn't always have to be something bad. It doesn't always have to be an alcoholic situation or an abusive situation. No, and, and the chances are dad may not even know he's out doing his job. He's yeah. trying to provide for his family and, if that in his mind, in his mind, that's what he's doing to, to not necessarily just show love, but provide for his family. And I'm, I'm trying to do what my best to do that, you know, however that dad thinks, I think you brought up another key point being a, a, a dad of a daughter is that's very, those, that time is very important, you know, to be daddy to your little girl. And it's very important. And, and how Girls that dynamic works. Yeah. You yeah. know, and so mm -hmm. I always, after our divorce, I always try to maintain and make that a priority because it's so important. You did a great for I mean, for daddies and daughters. Yeah, no, you've so even your daughter's in college now. So, you've done it, such a great. Oh job. Oh my gosh, she graduates Seriously. this fall. That's amazing. It's crazy. Three years. Well, it's you know that it, that relationship with our opposite sex sex parent is what creates the dynamic for what we attract as we get older. So, so there you want is, to dig into mom and there boys? There is at some point we have to look at that and say, what was this? Let me, let me unwrap that, right? Or unpack that, as you say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the there's word pack is out word. of my vocabulary right now. But, um, but, but you have to go backwards and be willing to look at that to say, where is the wound? You know, where guys tend to have different wounds is um, sometimes with moms, like narcissistic moms, that are unavail emotionally unavailable. That happens a lot. And, uh, and then there are the other, the, the other spectrum of the helpless mom. So yeah, I don't do anything. Yeah, yeah. And they don't, yeah, they don't do anything. A lot of times that comes from, um, either it, they can be in the marriage still and just be, be, uh, uh, what is it called where they're like just on the shelf? They're just, they have no voice in the right, marriage. Right. So you have this mother that had no voice. So you had to speak up for her or there was a divorce situation, which you see this with a lot of men where, where parents divorced and the young man is now the man of the house. So now ah. he becomes responsible for the home. Sure. Mom. If mom's not healthy, yep. her emotions, and so there are a lot of men walking around with that uh, responsibility thing. So they're the guys 
that tend to attract the women that need fixing because they uh, know how to fix. In their mind. In their mind. In their mind, they think they, they, they know how and to they, fix, right? They, well, that's all they know. They don't, what would they do with a healthy woman that walked in <laughs> that they couldn't yeah, exactly. fix? You don't need, you're not broken. You don't need me to pay for this. You don't need me to do this for you. You don't need me to, you know, that they wouldn't, what is their role now? Cause yep. that was, that was love to them. I've got to take care of mom. I've got to make sure she is balanced and happy. Sure. Right. Um, and, and so what's interesting is because of what a lot of what you're saying is, even though we call it a bad picker, it's not just a bad picker. There's a lot to, there's a lot to it, to dive into other than I just keep choosing the wrong guy to date or the wrong girl to date. There's a lot more it's to it. It's not about them. It's about you. Yeah, that's right. It's not me. It's you. It's not you. It's me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's it. That's yeah. just flip it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, um, it's really not the lengthy therapeutic process that everybody thinks it needs to be because once the, once that's identified what the, uh, dysfunction is, where the, where the wound is, right. Right. Once you recognize what it is, then it's just a matter of, okay, I'm an adult now. I've got reasoning skills. I'm mentally, I'm able to understand this more. What was it really? Was it that mom or dad didn't love me? Was it that mom or dad was helpless? Was it that mom or dad was this or that, whoever the parent was? What, what was the situation? And who do you need to forgive and let go, you know, let go of that? And then move on with new information of, what I don't want is I don't want, let's just say, I don't want a man that is a project or a woman that's a project because we were talking about that. Like more, I think more, I think more men attract projects than women. See, I, I, I think just, I think women are, I don't, I don't think they're attracted to, but I think women try to fix more than men do. Because to be honest, I don't think man men are going to take make much of the effort. <laughs> like I just, okay, so I don't. Sedi- so sorry, guys, but I just don't think they're like a woman though. They're like, oh, I'll fix him. You hear it all the time. We've talked about it on with the panels and stuff. Men like, say it too. I'll fix her. Men say it too because they think they can fix it with money or they can fix it with being there for them. They can fix it with love, and no love is going to heal a wound that you didn't create. You can't see, love see, somebody that's why enough I think, for that. That's why I think more women do it because of the first couple you just said. Men would fix it with objects, money or this or that, where a woman's going to go on the emotional level and try to really fix the core of the dude. Oh, you I can fix him. You see men that do that with money, that try to fix things with money. Like sure. That, often come from backgrounds. Again, here's the connection. I'll often come from backgrounds where they didn't have or their mom didn't have or their family right didn't so have. that's how they and they exactly. saw their mother needing wanting yep and so they they try that's how they love is is giving things that he thinks she needs well i know a family that's um pretty i'm pretty close to and and that's that's his deal he didn't grow up with much mm-hmm. and had no relationship really with his either of his parents and so now it's like i'm going to be involved in everything and I'm going to buy a bunch of crap. We're going to have a lot of toys and all this. And, and it's just like, and, and the two kids are jacked. They're completely jacked up because it's not, they don't value anything. It's not well. And it's, 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 but they're emotionally messed up too, because there's some conflict with mom and dad. It's just, it's a divorce situation, you know? Mm. And so there's bad juju 
with that stuff. And, you know, mom does one thing and dad can't stand it when they're, it's all, and it's just like, but you don't fix that with objects. You don't fix that with more stuff. You fix it by sometimes thumping them on the head and sitting down and saying, what the hell's going on with you? And, and getting to the core of it, you know? Right. And, and so there's, there's all those sorts of things. All right. So let's, let's, I got another thing for you then. So we do our work, if you will. Okay. And we've recognized that there was an issue with our upbringing or whatever. And so we've decided now that we're going to go hit the streets and find our true love at a bar. No, I don't know. Wherever. <laughs> at a nightclub. You know, at the grocery at store. Wherever. At Costco. So how do we start to reckon, how do we recognize that we're falling back into that pattern if that occurs? Or how do we recognize if that person that I think is really awesome is going to, is, is, is that is right for me? And is, what are some of the things that will showcase, like, what can we do if we know based on some of the scenarios you've said, how do we then get back out there to know we won't do that again? Okay. So I think, and that's a great question. And so, uh, there is, there's some show on Netflix and it is all about, and I know you watch Netflix, but it's some love show and so you, right. That's the hot love show, but he's becomes no, obsessed with no. The, okay. they, they can't see each other, so they're they're like in pods or something, and they have to fall in love. Um, they're falling. I think I've seen. I think I've seen the commercial. Yeah, something that. about they can't see each other, but yeah. yet they get to know each other. They have a relationship with one another, and they they when they do finally meet, it's like, com- ah! it's completely <laughs> like they've never seen the person, but they're already in love with them. Um, but that's kind of the concept is that you've got to know what you want and what you need. Right. And we talk about you, that yeah, all so the time. Based on, but that's, this is where this comes from. Like what I need is I, tr- I truly need a man that's there for me. And I've, I, sometimes that's the uncomfortable part is that you've gotten so used to that not having it, that when you do have it, you don't know what to do. You don't know what to do with it. And, or you may say, well, I'm being smothered because yep. he's here, yep. but that's really what you wanted. Yeah. So the point is, is when you do figure out what the dysfunction was, what was it that I wasn't getting that I was craving? I was craving time, love, attention, uh, um, affection, nurturing, praise, whatever it was. Right. And then you've got to put that on your list of this is what I'm looking for. These are the qualities that I'm looking for in a woman or a man. I'm looking for these qualities because these are the things that my soul needs that they didn't get that my soul wants, right? Right. These are the things that I want. And then somehow, some way, you need to distract yourself or retract yourself from the from the whole, I'm attracted, I'm, you know, I have chemistry with this person. You've got to find those other things first. You've got to look for find the cravings first. Seeing that person's face, listen for those things that you're needing and craving and wanting. Like, it, for example, if it is a quality time thing, find that guy or girl. If your love language is quality time, and that's what you are missing most with your parent, find that man or woman that wants to do things with you, sure. that makes dates with you, that takes yep. time with you, that enjoys 
alone time with you. If it's affection, find that person who's affectionate. Find that person who um, enjoys physical touch, who likes PDA. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. You got to find that person. Words of affirmation, if that's something you were missing was praise, find that person that that is praising you that, you know, you'll and you'll recognize it. It may be uncomfortable still, but that's what you need to go for first. Go for the heal of the wound. Well, I think you you brought up what I was going to say. Did you get which, that, though? Which you brought up what I was going to say, too, which is I think a great place to start is the Five Love Languages book because I think it puts it in perspective of— It's a way of looking you know, at just it. Just to kind of—well, to kind of get you started. But, did, get you but started. did you get the—you got the key part of that is you've got to look for the the— the healing part of that wound. So here's sure. the wound. Yeah. What would it look like healed? That's what you need to look for. That's first. what you need to look for. That's what you need to be attracted to. Right. Let's start being attracted to that. And make sure they're healthy. <laughs> make sure their wounds are healed too. Well, that's not your job. That's their job. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. That's where you draw a line saying that you're not healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. So it's, you know, it is. It so it's is, beyond, I think what I'm hearing to hear too is, is that, it's beyond just a simple bad picker pattern. The bad picker a comes from, dynamics. yeah, it's very, pickers are very subconscious. They're not a conscious thing. They're based on wounds, basically. Yeah. Yeah. They're based on wounds and desires. So, and then there's the person, you know, we've talked about this too. There is that person that is not consciously picking at all. They're just picking merely based on looks and attraction. Sure. And I think we've all done that. And that doesn't count. Uh, You know, I have a friend of mine and I've told him this. He knows he's going to, if he's listening, he's going to know exactly who he is. He's going to swerve off the road. Yeah. But he, she got me again. I mean, he's always like, Jen, why do I always attract these like really broken women, these train wrecks? He goes, I mean, if I'm not, I I have to be really careful about what I say. Um, He goes for the most broken women, but I can tell you one thing. They're always super hot. Yeah. They're always super hot and they're all, and it's a physical thing. It's their face is pretty and their body's hot and yep. they're and they're overly sexual and yep. all of that. And that's all he goes for. Then he wonders why he ends up in these love triangles with these women that are <laughs> like, I mean, dra- you can't believe the drama oh, with yeah. some of these. Oh, I can. I mean, I can. <laughs> It's crazy. I think it, but stop looking. Look it, for the qualities that you want. It's very interesting what you said. They're not he, physical. He comes to you and says, Jen, I keep attracting. No, you keep choosing. There's a difference. Complete difference. You know, you're not attracting them. You're going after them. And that's where we're back to the picking as the guys, you know, we're supposed to pursue and we're supposed to follow, you know, we're supposed to grab the attention. So it's hard for us to say, well, I keep attracting. No, you keep choosing, buddy. Well, so the interesting part of that, which I've never really thought about that. And um, I'm going to make sure my friend listens to this podcast. So he hears it because I think this is part of his wound. He's a beautiful man. He is. He's a good looking man. Um, but I think he's gotten by so much in his life on his looks and he gets chosen a lot. He gets hit on a lot by women. He has his choice of whatever he wants. Interesting. Why? Because of his looks. So he has a lot of value. He places a lot of value in his own looks. He has to, because it's, 
it's pretty much his meal ticket his whole life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he can get anything he wants because sure. he's so good looking. Well, he knows that he's been told that. So I, I think there's a connection for him there. That superficiality connection is that he may think it's about looks, but it's not, you know, there is depth to him underneath that. And if he actually chose somebody based on his depth, he'd find the right person, yeah. but he doesn't. That's right. He's just choosing them off the same thing he yep. values in himself, which is his looks. Which is looks. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm going to make sure he listens so he gets that. <laughs> but um, but whatever he, like you said, at the end of the day, whatever he chooses to do with that. I mean, it still comes down to... Because you have the information now. you got to do something with it. That's what I'm saying. It's still a choice. You know, one if you of don't the... draw a line in the sand and say, I'm not putting up with that anymore... Mm-hmm then it becomes your choice, not theirs. Here's the thing, and I always love this philosophy. People, once they know what their problem is, whatever the problem is, right? Even if it's choosing the wrong people, making the same relationship mistakes, um, cheating, all that kind of stuff, that all the dysfunction, lying, stuff that happens yep. in relationships. If somebody knows they have the problem, they've come to the realization like, this is my thing, this is my deal. You can't ever unknow that. Yeah, once you realize it, it's there. You know? That's right. It's there. You may choose to do things differently. You may still choose to be dysfunctional, but but now the now you're building even deeper on that wound because you now you know the wound is there. Sure. You know you shouldn't be doing it, but you're choosing to bury it and be unconscious about it, even though it, you right. know it's there yep. and it's not going away. Right. Yeah. And that'll make Does it that worse. Does that make sense? That'll make it a lot worse. Oh yeah. Completely. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, so I, I feel like the power of choice is, is there. We have to be willing to identify the problem, the real problem, uh, be willing to make peace with it, heal it. Cause the only person that we don't, that the only person that suffers if they don't, if we don't forgive is us because we're sure. carrying it around forgive it move forward with new information and make better choices make better conscious choices right and then you don't have a broken picker anymore you and can't. having said that this is important okay having said Drum that roll. yep you still even when you get okay I was doing a drum roll. I know. It's a pretty good drum roll. It wasn't bad. But, uh, but once you've made that choice, then you've got to stand in it. And we were talking about that. Sometimes people don't understand and don't uh, – healthy isn't comfortable for them because they haven't had it before. Yeah. So yep. very often people do get into these relationships, and they're so used to dysfunction. You know, I'm going to – I actually had put a quote up, I think, last week – and I think it says it best because I think it's a way of being able to sum it up. And if you can relate to this, then this message is for you that we're about to say. Healthy relationships feel boring to people who are used to relationships filled with toxicity and drama. They're not sure what to do with a love that is calm, kind, drama-free, non-toxic, and doesn't require them to constantly make painful sacrifices. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, ouch, that all hurts so much to even say, but that's the thing. And I think as a matchmaker too, I run into this. I know what people have had and why they're coming to me because they want a healthy relationship and they've had unhealthy, but then I give them healthy and healthy to them is boring. Healthy to them is I'm not attracted to that. Healthy to them is, well, there was no chemistry because you're chemically drawn to drama and toxicity. Right. 
So and it's right. going to be uncomfortable when you find somebody that's healthy. It's going to be uncomfortable because you're used to something else. Yeah. yeah. Right. And you've been used to it for a really long time. So I was saying that even when you recognize and you choose healthier, make healthier choices in relationships, you still got to be willing to stand in them. And at the times when you're like, I'm bored or he's not fun or she's not exciting enough for me or whatever to be able to say, but this is what I need. Right. I want stability. And this person is stable, stable feels um, boring and weak to me, but I need to understand that that's really a strength. Well, I think the other thing is that you always talk about is if it's healthy and it's what you need versus necessarily what you want, that will grow. It yeah. will become more dynamic. It will become more exciting. It will, this isn't going to happen on three dates. You know, it's, it's going to grow. It's going to take a long time. It's going to grow. Yeah. So. Yeah. Especially if you've been in a lot of unhealthy relationships, when you do finally find something healthy, it's not going to feel like it fits. And that's where people leave a date and go, there was really no connection. Just did, we didn't, I didn't feel like, you know, there was, he's, he's nice. He's interesting. He's fun. He's kind, um, very stable sounding, but there just wasn't any excitement or chemistry for me. You know, I hear that a lot from women, you know, women who are seeking a stable, safe relationship. Here it is. <laughs> yep. Here it is. And I don't want that. <laughs> yeah. They're so used to drama, instability, and somebody who's not there for them that they don't know what to do with somebody who is. Yeah. So it's um it's a catch-22, but you have to just uh, find a good relationship and stand in it and be willing to always remember what you learned about yourself and be willing to go through the times um, that don't feel like love maybe does to you or doesn't feel like joy and um, and attraction and understand that it, that those things come in different, uh, different images, different feelings, different, packages. different emotions. Yeah. yeah. Different packages. That's okay. a good way to wrap it up in a take home message right yeah, there. Yeah, I love it. I Jen love did it. it again, folks. <laughs> we did it again. <laughs> we did it again. I saw Couldn't you, have done it without you. I saw done you, without you. Okay. Well, thanks for listening and, uh, we'll hear you next week on, or you can hear us next week on lovability. This is Jennifer. Thanks for listening today. And please subscribe to the podcast. Every single week, we'll have new information. And if you'd like to find out more information or if you have any questions, please go to my website at lovegen.com or you can find me on Facebook at my personal page, Jennifer Styers.